Tonight's episode of Nightmare University is brought to you by Fangoria.com. It's a little crazy out there right now, so Fangoria is offering a free two-month digital membership to everyone. Go to Fangoria.com for more information and to make an account. Then pour over all the exclusive articles, interviews, and reviews on the site, as well as original video content and podcast. You'll even have access to high-resolution scans of the first 15 issues of the original run of Fangoria magazine and counting. Go to Fangoria.com now and start your free digital membership. And if you're looking to add to your social distancing watch list, Fangoria's latest movie, VFW, is now available to stream on demand, and Satanic Panic is streaming on Shudder now. Hello and welcome to Office Hours. I am your host, Dr. Rebecca McKendry. And I'll apologize in advance um, between seasonal allergies and uh, doing a ton of lectures for my regular college classes. My voice is a little shot today, so I'm a tad bit uh, creakier and squeakier than usual. Um, but definitely still wanted to hop on and chat tonight. So um, because I've been doing so many lectures, I wanted to have somebody to talk to for this episode of Office Hours. And I thought, who knows just as many Fangoria stories as I do and can talk about Fangoria stories of past. And then um, I realized that um, that person lives with me and he's basically the only person I've seen in six weeks. Hi, Dave. Hi, I'm the easiest guest to book. You are. I was like, hey, you're on the couch in your pajamas. Come join. Um, and so I brought Dave in on this one. So what I'd plan to talk about tonight was something that is considered to be kind of a blight in Fangoria's history. But I have to say from being on the inside perspective, it was a lot of fun. Um, and so we are going to talk about the Las Vegas weekend that we had, the Las and Vegas. Blight is in uh, not really lived up to the expectations. expectations like, yeah. so Because um, I was, had a lot of fun. Yes, this was the Fangoria Trilogy of Terror that was happening in Las Vegas um, many, many years ago. On Halloween. On Halloween. And this is after um, Fangoria had parted ways um, with Creation Entertainment and we stopped doing the official weekend of horrors. Fangoria partnered with another company to bring you the Trilogy of Terror, which we had at a casino. Do you remember which casino it was? It was the Sands Casino. The Sands um, Casino in I'm Vegas. And um, they wanted to do this on Halloween weekend. And I remember some of us saying from the start, like, Halloween is going to be a really hard sell because on Halloween, everybody is doing something horror yeah, related. Yeah, there's always something. It's usually local. And when it's done... You're taking your kids out trick-or-treating. Yeah, you know, like a, Halloween, it's a hard time to have a horror convention. Yeah. Anyway, it seems like it would make the most sense, but at the same time, you're competing with haunted houses. Uh -huh. You're competing with every bar, restaurant, movie theater across America is suddenly doing horror content. And add to that uh, the fact that you're doing it in Las Vegas, which is kind of an island uh, out in the middle of the desert, you know, surrounded by... Uh, really nothing. I mean, there's no easy way to get to Las Vegas yeah. besides flying in. But that said, um, um, so there's no the, metropolitan area to it, too, as well. The convention was definitely um, not as well received as a lot of the other Fangoria conventions had been up to that point as some of our giant weekend of horrors. Um, but being on the inside and being there working at the Trilogy of Terror in Vegas we had some amazing times coming yeah, out of it. And I thought it was probably, um, I mean, I love doing the Weekend of Horrors. I love doing those conventions. They were a lot of fun. But as far as a, an organized convention and the guests and the events that took place, it was probably one of the 
best conventions no one attended. It was yeah, it was <laughs> it was so much fun um, for us and and the few people who was there who were there. Um, so I have to say, like even just the setup, like I'd never really been in a casino before, yeah. or at least not in a gambling sense. I'm not a gambler. You are. No, I'm not a gambler. <laughs> no, but you do. You like. You have a gambling problem. <laughs> you have um, a gambling problem. No. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're a very interesting setup as far as convention goes. Uh, when you usually book a convention, you like a flow of traffic. Yeah. You like to be able to have people come in and flow through easily and, and, and leave and, 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 and have it be very convenient. But casinos aren't set up that way. Casinos are set up to get you in there and trap you in there. And so the flow was a bit different. Yeah, because we were losing like a lot of our attendees were suddenly downstairs gambling mm-hmm. and the casino itself was not set up like a convention hall. Like you think any horror convention that you go to, it's a giant freaking room with everything yeah. shoved in it. And the convention was spread out actually over three or four It was, rooms. and we weren't on the first floor. The first floor is the casino Cino. and the bars um, and the nightclubs. And then we had the convention on this it might have been a third, third floor. floor it was a couple floors yeah up. um but one of the things that i personally loved about it is um i brought my mother to this convention mm-hmm. i flew my mom out from her little town in virginia and she she took tickets she mm-hmm. worked the ticket booth at this one um but that said some of the things that really make me kind of still look at this with um like a, a very it's a treasure in my heart and it starts when we we started planning it um mm-hmm. because even when we first arrived at the convention um, we knew that we needed to pick up Sharpies. Like that was something that we forgot to bring. And you always right. have tons of Sharpies. And a lot of celebrities will actually request particular colors of Sharpies. Like, um, you know, so-and-so will only sign with uh, silver. And John Waters wants this many black and this many silver and this many mm-hmm. gold. Um, and, and also so- at the same time, we... Uh- we hadn't printed the tickets. the The autograph tickets were not printed. Yeah, there was something advance. that we still had to and print. And so I remember that they they didn't pay, print the autograph tickets in advance. And so somebody had to go to a uh, office supply place to get the copies of that and get some pens and and things like that. And uh, there's no there was no real taxi service available through the hotel. Yeah. But they had a limousine service, and so that was the first thing when I landed and got to the hotel. Somebody said we don't have the the autograph tickets. Uh, and we need some other supplies from this office supply store. Uh, can you take a limo to the um, to down there? And I'd never ridden in a limo in my life, so my first time riding in a limousine was uh, going to, to an go office an max. Off, to go to an office max to get <laughs> copies made. Um, but I sat in the back and I felt weird about that after, after <laughs> having, like, I was sitting in the back of this limo to get these copies made and I could have just sat up front with the guy, but nope. I was like, no, sit in the back. first time in a limo, I'm going to sit it. in the back and Do I'm going to, I'm going to. Should have made phone calls the entire time and, and been like, yeah, I'm picking up the tickets, man. So and then just, just to walk out to the act of getting out of a limousine at an office max. To, to go do whatever like people will look piece. people will look at you when you get out of a limousine and think you're important but I'm getting out of a limousine to go make copies and buy pens <laughs> and as I'm walking through like everybody's staring at me like you took pictures who is that guy yeah, it was it was amazing um even once the convention actually started we had two concerts lined up we had both Slipknot and Rob mm-hmm. Zombie played at the actual convention which was pretty wild I only got to see the Slipknot show which was amazing it was so good yeah. and um one of my favorite parts we had these roaming acrobats because I yeah. remember that there was this comment yeah. of like it's Vegas we need a, something a little bit more so we hired these, these acrobats we and had worked with them before I 
thought because we were we we worked with them in New York a couple times. Yeah, they they ran the um the Acrobat Studio on the pier. No, I swear it was out here. We'd worked with them before. I have okay. no idea because I thought that Danny was one of them. I know Danny was one. Then of, Danny was friends. With, Danny was friends with one of yeah. them. And, uh uh, yeah, and uh, they were a lot of fun to work with. But yeah, I remember just looking up from my desk at one point because I was there, like keeping track of um, mm-hmm. a lot of the vendors. And I remember just looking up from my desk at one point, and they had you up, and yeah, you were like a, balanced on like somebody's foot there's in a the middle of, of the me lobby somewhere online. I don't know where this photo is, but they had, one of them had lifted me up on their legs and uh, taught me how to do a handstand on her legs. Yeah. And, yeah. This is on the convention floor while it well, was Well, because there on. was nobody there. There were no fans there. It was, it was, it was very all, underattended. It was like a carnival with no attendees. And we just all kind of like, we're just playing around. So yeah. instead of like running a booth, I'm learning how to do flips and, and handstands with a bunch of acrobats. Which brings <laughs> us to one of our favorite moments of the convention and what we wanted to talk about. So they had set us up. Um, we were set up on a live stream um, mm-hmm. that was going up to the Fangoria site. And it was me and Dave and Sam Zimmerman and mm. a couple other people. Tony Flores. Yeah, Tony mm-hmm. Flores. And we were set up on this live stream that was feeding to the Fango site. And the the plan of it was that um, every couple of minutes we would be bringing on different celebrities and guests mm-hmm. from the convention. And we would be, um, we would be streaming constantly. Yeah, it would like be constant stream. when the floor was stream. open, somebody would be sitting there and would be streaming live. Uh, I think it was, it was Ustream. It was that Ustream. Was, that was the service. Like, that's we how old using. this was. And um, we would be... Like streaming constantly. So there was this constant stream on the Fangoria site. You never knew who was going to pop in. And then we also had scheduled guests. Like at noon, Roger Corman's going to come sit down. And then at 1 p.m., Bruce Campbell's going to come sit down. And so we had these scheduled guests that would also be making appearances. But one of the staff always had to be there. And because their booths were not very busy, and especially on Sunday when it was just a very um, slower day at the convention – um, we got to talk to people for just an extended amount of time, oh, and yeah. it went from just interviewing them about, like, tell us about Evil Dead to, so what'd you do last weekend, um, and things like that, just well, really yeah. just kind of shooting Campbell, the shit. Bruce Campbell shows up. He, he didn't. He show had up on his, a white suit. He didn't show up at a scheduled time. He was just, he was supposed to be signing, and he was just milling about, and he, he sees me and, uh, he sees me and Tony uh, talking, and he's just looking at our camera and looking through it and just like hmm, looking around like, hey, that's Bruce Campbell over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How you doing? Uh, you want to come talk to us? And he sat down and he, he just, just sits down. started talking to us. And um, it didn't it, it started out talking about movies and horror and. It ended up him telling us his system for playing blackjack. and uh, You guys went for almost 90 minutes because I remember nine, yes. I was sitting behind the camera at that point um, as producer. And literally 90 minutes. And you don't want to cut Bruce Campbell no, off. No, we didn't want to. We were just making up so shit to talk about. My favorite thing was when he started talking about his lavender farm in Oregon. Yes, he owned a lavender farm in Oregon and that... He ships the lavender to, I think it was like Steven Seagal's company. A, yeah. A processing plant. For somewhere. the lavender oil. Yeah. And so we heard all about how you process lavender oil from Bruce Campbell. And so, yeah, this was 
by far. But yeah, you don't want to like when you have somebody in that in that moment, you just don't want to stop talking to oh him, especially gosh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. So it's just like, let's what what else can we talk to this guy about? I sure, lavender farming. Roger okay. Corman, or um, I talked to forever. Like I did like an hour long interview with him, delving into films that no one asks about, like The Wasp Woman. Mm-hmm. No one ever asked about that film, but I got to sit there and have a big conversation with him about it. Uh, and David so David Hess um, came on and he was telling us about his old neighborhood in New York. Because he writes yeah. songs and and actually had a more profitable career as a songwriter than as a film mm-hmm. actor. And so, yeah, even though um, that it was very underattended, mm-hmm. for those people who returned into the Fangoria live use stream on those days, and for mm-hmm. those of us who were actually there, it was just such a magical time to get to sit down and yeah. really get to know people. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't really like, accomplish what it was set out to do but it was more of a family gathering it was it really was a family gathering and it's one of those things where like i still to this day wish more people had come because we put so much work into mm. it and i mean we had rob zombie there um and when oh, the slip sh- the slipknot slip show guys. was just like it was a real slipknot show like they brought like, the full set they had uh, cranes that were lifting the percussion everything up into was the air full and- out and just to be able to see rob zombie walking the floor at a horror yeah. convention was absolutely amazing he did not join us on Ustream. i wish he had no, he um but joey did um i can't even remember his last name now he was in the murder dolls at the time but also played with rob zombie um came on the show and yeah it was just such a fun time so it's one of those that like even though um that it was by not by no means one of the high points of fangoria's convention history um, for those of us who were involved in it, it still has some strong yeah. magic. And I don't to think it. it's something that's ever going to be repeated. Like you cannot. No, we learned a lot from it. You cannot intentionally repeat that sort of recreate. We learned that a sort lot. We learned that conventions and casinos are hard because yeah. there's a lot of distractions going on. We learned that conventions on Halloween night in general are just impossible. Oh, because- and also, don't do the convention in the casino that they shot the real world in. <laughs> Because the clientele that was actually in the casino was more of a real-world clientele. And and, had no interest in horror. But, yeah, we learned a lot from this about kind of conventions going forward. But at the same time, it really does hold a special place in our hearts. And when Dave and I kind of look through scrapbooks Mm -hmm. of all of our different Fango adventures... We look at all the pictures from that and it's like, oh, there's us with Bruce Campbell talking about lavender farming mm-hmm. and um, everything like that. So that was um, a different side of the Las Vegas Trilogy of Terror story. Still one of my favorite conventions. Yes, mine too. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. I will be back with a regular Nightmare University next week. In the meantime, please, if you have not been listening to Penning Terror, which is Dave's show that is going up on the Nightmare University feed, definitely check it it out. Um, he has Dave. Tell us what Penning Terror is since it you're here. It is a uh, a horror podcast dedicated more to the uh, craft of writing and just anything that has to really do with the the scripting process and the writing process, even novel writing, nonfiction writing as, yeah, as it pertains to horror. You've talked with everybody from like Simon Barrett to novelist Paul Tremblay to like mm-hmm. Kevin Cloche and Dennis Widmeyer, Mallory, Mallory O'Mara, O'Mara who does about, nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. We talked about research and uh, yeah, it just covers a broad range of, of topics. Yeah, and, and it uh, really does dig in from like um, 
the kernel of the idea to kind of seeing it through to fruition yeah. to even taking it to a scripting level. Um, so yeah, it's been a blast to produce and um, yeah, a blast to listen to. So definitely, awesome. if you have not been listening to Penning Terra, check it out. And I will be back next week with another Nightmare University. If you have not listened to the musical horror episode that I did last week, it's definitely worth a listen, even if you are not a horror musical fan. That has been one of the most rewarding things about that episode is having people message me on Twitter and Facebook and say things like, I had always refused to watch Phantom of the Paradise or Anna and the Apocalypse or Little Shop of Horrors just because I immediately stopped as soon as I realized it was a musical, but the episode made me keep going and find something wonderful about them. And so I highly recommend that you listen to the episode and keep going and try a horror musical. Thanks guys so much. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to go back to the couch. (laughs) (laughs) I will see you there momentarily Um, because my choices are couch, kitchen, maybe backyard. I mean, um, we're limited on locations here. I was thinking about Um, doing laps. So get home safe right now. So yeah. I called it, I called an Uber. <laughs> so thank you guys at home. Everybody, please be staying safe. And um, thank you so much for listening. Good night. Nightmare University is a Fangoria Podcast Network original produced and hosted by Rebecca McKendry, producer Natasha Pacetta, executive producers Dallas Saunier and Phil Nobile Jr., associate producer Jessica Safa-Vemer, art and design by Ashley Detmering, sound recording design and mixing by David McKendry, music by The Serpentines, for Fangoria, Brandon Moynerdi, Jason Kozlerich, and Rachel Wilson.